welcome to Everybody Loves Vecna. <laughs> or Coffee and Crips. Oh, good. I'm your host, Aaron Washington. I'm here with my co-host, Nick. Hey, everybody. So what's going on, yo, guys? So yeah, we're back making vi- we're back making audio. There's not videos, not yet. But uh, we're doing something a little different today, Nick. Yeah. We're taking it. We're gonna take a little side break from our game talk. Uh, one of our friends introduced us uh, to a page where a guy writes a blog. Not really a blog, but essays. Yeah, he calls them essays. I think. Yeah, essays on like D and D theory. Something like that. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, no, yeah, I think, yeah, we'll call it it D&D Theory. Yeah. Uh, It is called The Alexandrian. Um, The site is thealexandrian.net. I'm actually going to post the article we're talking about today. Yeah. So he sent it to us, and uh, uh, it is The Witherer of Dungeons, The Decline and Fall of D&D Adventures. So it, you know, the name was, name caught my eye. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of our friends mentioned it, so we decided to... Uh, to read it, we both read it. Yep, and we're talking about it. Yep, we both had some thoughts about it. Yeah, I did. So first of all, I'm gonna try to do an overview on what I think what, what he said. And yeah. Then we're going to kind of talk about our opinions on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll just say it's it's well written. First of all, it's well written. Like he gives his thoughts the way he sees them clearly. Yeah, yeah, he's clearly expressing um, how yeah, he yeah. feels about so, the subject. So uh, also, uh, the guy who wrote this apparently he's written uh, multiple uh, supplements for uh, Fantasy Flight games. So he's someone who's been in the industry a bit, um, at least. Uh, and apparently, he gives his own products that people buy. Um, he mentioned later on in the one I'm about to mention. That this was mainly for people who buy his stuff, maybe people who uh, attentively... Yeah, for his audience, who yeah. may have read his other essays right, his and audience. other posts and whatnot. Right, 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 right. So, uh, so he starts off, um, he says, like, I've talked about in the past, which is an older, uh, an older essay, which I will talk about. And it says, how 5th edition doesn't teach DMs how to run, dra- how to run dungeons. In fact, it doesn't teach them how to key a dungeon map or provide an example of a key dungeon map. So if you don't know what a key dungeon map is, it's literally a map of the dungeon with all the stuff marked in it, right? Pretty uh, much, pretty much, just yeah. like, up. Oh, there's the trap. It's X marks the spot, uh, tells you what kind of door it is. It's just a detailed map of the dungeon you're running. Crazy enough, I had to look that up. <laughs> like I honestly didn't know yeah. what he meant by it. Yeah, it's well, just, we don't we don't use it a lot, or, or rather, phrase, at I least guess. we don't use it by the definition given. You know, we don't go quite hardcore with it and make an entire glossary or an index yeah. of what's in the dungeon. Yeah, like, which is what they used to I, do. You used to know what the smell was in that particular room. You yeah. used to know if there was mold on the walls, so or like, or uh, stuff like that. So, like, I mean, right now, this is stuff we're saying. So when you when you actually put a dungeon down, yeah. I, know, I know sometimes you, you, a lot of times have a general idea in your head and you draw it out as you go. Yes. But when you do, when you do actually put it down or put thoughts down, like what are the things you write down? Honestly, um, the main if things I write down, if I have to key a room or, or notate a room, um, I generally number the room and then on a separate page with that number, just write what monsters are in there and, the name of the room. So if I name it barracks, I can just describe a barracks in any way I want. And then 
how many things are in that room. Is there a trap in the room? Yeah, that's what pretty much modules do nowadays. Yeah, it's, that's what modules they're, they're do. Numbers. It's 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 just it's no, it's a number, and then a quick what's in the room, a very brief what's in the room, um, and then it kind of leaves you to your imagination on how you want to describe the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with the general feel of what you're going to. Because even with these modern modules that we have in fifth edition, um, they're just detailed enough that you sh- that you're able to run them. Um, but just vague enough that you can kind of describe it in your own way yeah. while sticking to yeah. the theme yeah, of the dungeon. There are, like, parts that have, like, dialogue, like, hey, read this uh, when, it, when it comes out. Uh, I'm going to talk about – we're going to talk about our own experiences with that in a bit. Um, I usually write down uh, – like I said, I'll draw it out. Uh, typically, um, I'll actually border the map, like the board I actually draw on. Yeah. I'll actually on the grid mark up so I know how much space I have. And I'll kind of draw it out, and then I'll just make little notations, like trap, like put like a T, and then on the side, like write what it is. Yeah. Or if something's important there, I'll, I'll write what it is, or something like that. I usually don't, actually don't go into a lot of detail sometimes about what's in there. Yeah. Sometimes I make it up on the spot, like what I feel like is in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because there are times where I just add things when I want to. Um, I know uh, there are times in the past where I've used like color codes for colored pencils. Like, and I've actually uh, had to, and I use different colors to mark different stuff. Yeah. So while they're in there on my sheet, if there's red there, there's a trap, like a generic trap. Not like a trap that needs explaining with a puzzle, but like pit trap, spear trap. Spike wall. Spike wall, swinging blades. And it's just like a generic red square while they're moving through. And then that lets me decide, like, you know what? They had a hard time with a lot of these other traps in the other room. So you know what? That's not there. You know, I yeah. can give them a pass on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of gives me that little bit of, like, lee room. Of course, like, for more, uh, I think I, we, we talked about I talked about it with Mike, but, like, when it comes to more elaborate stuff like that, I, I, use, I write those out, but you would anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like you would write it out anyways, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he goes on, and he's, like, in contrast, in original edition, 74, contains very specific uh, instructions for both things, how to prep a dungeon and how to run it. Um... He said the, the the hobby was built on essentially core structures: the dungeon crawl, combat, and then whatever part of the story. Um, now I haven't played a lot of A D and I think I played a piece of a session of A D and D. Yeah, I played. Um, I haven't played first edition before. Yeah, I feel you. Um, my first like my first was four, and I was the guy running it, so I didn't. You know, there was yeah. no structure for me. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. I just was like, I'm gonna play D and D. My friends, we're gonna play D and D, and we, I figured that crap out slowly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's how a lot of people are gonna learn. And I think that's what the article's trying to get back at is, is um, once you get past pretty much three o three five, it is a lot more um, figuring it out for yourself. But I mean, the book still offers a fantastic set of guidelines, and. God forbid we we all most of us have access to the internet. Hopefully, if 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 you're listening to us right now, you have access to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rough and, out here in the country, though. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it, and I've seen it. And so, it there, there's a lot of resources available that the Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition um, don't have to. Um, they don't have to rely on it as much anymore because there are all those resources that already exist. Even on the wizard's site, if you go deep enough, you can find old stuff yeah. that are that are written in the way that's described by the guy um, 
in the Alexandrian. Um, and uh, go Actually, ahead. It's funny because he act, so then uh, I'm just I'm reading parts of it, guys, just so you know. Uh, if you're interested, definitely read the whole thing. I'm like not trying to. Um, I don't know the word for it. Like I'm not trying to pull out just pieces for our narrative. Yeah, That's not how we get. Yeah, it yeah, out. yeah. I'm just you know. Um, so uh, he has he has like a little like titles, and then one's called like playing the piper, and like two paragraphs down, he's like, uh, you know, these are oral traditions, uh, particularly those which were deliberately passed on to the degree over time. Unsurprisingly. Uh, the first to get this view is only happening behind the DM screen. Players are only learning from the actual playing experiences. Only what they saw uh, from the other end of the screen. In other words, like you don't see the work. I get that. So like he's exampling in that uh, essentially because people are using the book and there's not a lot of like, I guess, old school playing. There's not a lot of like classic dungeon crawling, which I can admit I don't, I don't write dungeon crawls. It's just not my thing. Yeah, yeah. You, if you have a dungeon, it's just a little. It's just a mission or a story that's part of the overarching story. Right, right, right. Like I'm just, I'm just not big. Like in fact, I think you guys went through my biggest dungeon. I think the biggest dungeon I've ever written on Sunday. I have never made a dungeon that large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one that was like was like like five or six floors, and it took like almost a session to get through each floor. Some floors took like a, ha- a whole session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I re- I rarely build things that big. It's not that I don't like them. I mean, I understand like Dungeons and Dragons, and I understand that like in the old game, from what I understand, like I, I can't personally say, but this is what's been expressed to me. A lot of it was very much like you go in, you kill stuff, you loot, you find traps, you come back, you get stronger, you go back in, and I don't think that's the kind of game that most people play. No, not anymore. Um, especially with people loving the role play aspect of it nowadays. Yeah. Um, you could, uh, and, and I've seen it, and I've experienced it, and currently we do it where entire sessions can be role play. You won't fight a single thing. Yeah. You'll, you'll walk around. You you might encounter have encounters. They're not necessarily fights, but encounters um, where something happens. But but nowadays, a lot of people like the um, the RPG. You know, you're playing an RPG, so you're gonna role play. A lot, as opposed to just fight and crawl through, um, which some people still like. Yeah. Um, and sadly, um, it's likened to murder hobos. Um, but a murder hobo is, is different than that. Yeah. You, you do have people who just want to dungeon crawl, go through the dungeon, yeah. get the gold, get the loot, level up, and have a good time. Hey, that's you. Yeah. That's perfectly okay. And, then, you and know, it's not the same as somebody who just wants to kill, 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 kill regardless of what game they're in that th- there's a difference entirely in that. Mm. Um, so don't think we're talking about murder hobos here. Um, we are definitely talking more a about style people, of play. a style of a, play, a style of play that, yeah. that the game was originally based on. Yeah. Um, very much. I, I almost considered more like in the older editions, it was very much like a strategic board game to a sense. Uh, every, every vid, like I said, don't have a lot of personal experience, but this is just based on, I've watched first edition games be played over YouTube and things like that. And it just feels like I'm playing more of a tactical strategy based uh, move through. Like I move 10 feet with my 10 foot pole. I try this. I roll the dice down the hallway to make sure I'm not in a, a descent so I won't be tricked. You know, there's a lot of tricks of the trade. And those are missing. Those don't, you know, there's a lot of new players who don't know about the use of a 10 foot pole. 
who don't roll the ball bearings, the ball yeah. bearings <laughs> down the hallway to see if the dungeon is slightly sloping downwards so you can get caught in more monsters. There's definitely that kind of play that really isn't focused on. Because most people just want to be their own epic adventure. Yeah. You know, they want to they want to walk to Mordor. Yeah. Not so simple. You know what I'm saying? Most people want that kind of adventure and less like the delve adventure. It's just kind of like the overall style of the game. But yeah. I don't mean I don't think it's absent. And definitely I don't think that how gotta put it? like I don't think that those traditions are completely lost. I think they've just been they're just not as much as a priority to some groups as they are. And they've been modernized a bit. It's not quite as nitpicky. Um, it's not quite as almost almost exaggeratedly detailed, you know, where you, you know what color the mold in the room is. You know that it smells like copper, like old blood. And you, you know, you go in. That's a good descriptor, but it's not necessary, per se, to help tell the story. The person who's running the game can change the way that room looks at the drop of a hat. So, I mean, books themselves, I think what's going on now is as the game has progressed, um, it's become just vague enough that you can make whatever you're using out of D&D your own. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the guy may be talking about. I could be wrong. Somebody might have better info on it than I do. Yeah. But I mean, it, it all. Opinion on the, what we yeah. And, and what fifth edition is doing, and I think with th- 3.5 and up, um, they leave it vague enough so that you can personalize it and really make it your own adventure. And the, the DMG itself still provides fantastic, um, you know, info on how to run, you know, it offers tips, but it does say that they're tips and they're not set in stone. Right. Whereas Mm -hmm. back in the day, some of it was set in stone. So like like, I could, I could see how someone who's played an older edition could feel like certain things have been lost because the things have been kind of, moved aside and changed like so it's not like i don't completely see the point of view of what i'm reading i just don't completely agree with it so he then mentions modules right yep he did mention modules yes 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 now for me and nick this is kind of like a touch and go subject because we don't module a lot no we are not we are not modular modular dms there we go modular or if we do it's we don't call it a module we call it a chapter we call it a a, a cut scene, a story, whatever you want. We yeah, don't we call don't it really, a module. We um, don't use, like, like, Nick, how many times have you used a module? Um, once, and it was because I was running a game for, uh, I was running um, it basically Adventure League at the time. I forgot exactly what it's called, but it was basically Adventure League for a store. And having run my own games and done my own stories to... And I had players who were used to my play style, and, and one of them, Mike, of course, um, we know who Mike is. You know, I learned a lot about what I know about the game from him and how to run the game mm-hmm. from him when I was coming into it. And so when I ran the module, I almost felt locked in. Uh-huh. Um, and people would do stuff, and like, for instance, um, oh, we're going to go back, to, we're going to try to sneak into this town. And the module had nothing about that. Like, what do I do? And so that's kind of, and, and then I ended up doing my own thing anyways. So module, modules are cool. Um, they're not my preferred style, but using them for inspiration is what, I, is, is what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I find I have more freedom when I um, kind of module as I go. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I said, we call them story arcs, you know, dungeons yeah, like and whatnot. So you actually brought up an interesting point before I even talk about my experience with them. Uh, 
you, you talked about how when you were first running, you learned how to DM from Mike. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, Mike, we both know Mike uses models. Oh, He's yeah. Used Heavily. He, he has packs of them and files of them and books of them from different systems. And he pulls from all these different areas and somehow he magically, mystical, magical, tiny, whiny, like the doctor just comes up with this, you know, Bam. congeal thing. Yeah. And I, I can't do that. That's, that's something he's very good at. Yeah, yeah um, he, he's but real good at he will integrate those into a story very, very smoothly. Um, but from my experience, which, like I said before, I, I didn't have another DM to teach me how to play. Yeah. Uh, we literally had a set of books that we got out of a pawn store, and we all decided we're going to play Dungeons & Dragons. We read up on how to make a character. Uh you know, I was in Mount Olive, you know, there wasn't a lot of videos that we could look at or anything like that at the time. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, old. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we literally did that. We came up with a place and we just kind of started playing. And I remember like my first dungeon was only like maybe six or seven rooms and it was like underground and it was like they were trying to get something out of it. I can barely remember it. And, like, as far as, like, traps are concerned, I really didn't have too much in there. I just kind of had some fights. And over time, it just, I got, I got more complicated. I'm going to try this now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this now. And my DMing is what it is now based on me just experimenting in trial and error. Yeah. You know. Which is what a lot of it ends right. up becoming. Because, like, uh, fast forward to almost a year and a half later, still playing at Mount Olive College, and we're... We're going on like uh, like a year and a half. We're playing like two or three times a week when we can. So it's a lot of sessions. Yeah. And by that point, okay, I made this whole thing with like elemental dragons they had to deal with. And each shrine had a dungeon. So I pretty much made a dungeon based on like each element. Yeah. And I just, I didn't have a graph paper. I just started drawing it out. Just started drawing out little ideas I had for it. And it kind of just put it together. But... I had no one to teach me the basics of, of, of keying or crawling. I just kind of put down what I thought I would need to run the dungeon. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I don't have those, I guess, traditions because I just came off from scratch. Yeah. And I think in the end, once you get experience, it all ends up in roughly the same place. Um, so, yeah. you know, when, when you're starting out, yeah, even if you've got it all outlined for you, you're still going to be kind of fumbling. Yeah. You're even still going to be write it all yourself. Yeah. You're still going to probably change. You're going to fumble. Stuff. You're going to have a, a, a rough go at it at first, but as you get used to it and you get more confident, you know, then, then those, those things where he meant uh, the guy in the article mentions, um, you know, uh, word of mouth or, uh, um, yeah, know, the oral traditions. The oral that traditions. We yeah, from that's else. it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oral traditions. I mean, those are still happening. Um, but again, we're in a different time than when the original D and D was was mm-hmm. made. You know, 1974 is a long time ago. Like, yeah, let's man. let's be real. You know, I'm not going to say oh, societally it was a long. No, but for a game to have evolved as much as it did, you're going to see changes, and they're not for the they're not for the the worse. You know, they're for me, they're they're for the better because yeah. you're able to grow more and, with all the resources. And let's remember involved. that you can play any type of D and D that you want to play. Yeah, you can you can always just if if you want to crawl, dag on it, 
crawl. Like, if that's what you want, you can do it. Yeah. Which make, which is why we love this game so much. Oh, absolutely. Is that we can do what we like. We can do uh, what we want in the game. So, uh, going back to modules. Yeah. Um, he, so he did mention up. He did mention something that I wasn't familiar with, but he was saying how. Uh, on the DMs Guild, which if you don't know what DMs Guild is, uh, the DMs Guild or DMs, DMsGuild.com is a site where people can post the campaigns that they've made uh, in PDFs. You can buy some books up there too. Yeah. Uh, almost like kind of like drive through RPG, but it is content that people have made for editions. I honestly didn't hear about it until just before this session. So <laughs> Yeah, so I mean like I knew it was a thing. I think I uh, got something from a while back. But he was—he uh, actually pointed this out that there are modules up there that have dungeons, but it's just vague descriptions of uh, rooms. But they don't actually tell the person how the place is laid out, which I get that. That seems a little frustrating. Like if all I get is a room, and then they'll encounter this room, but I have no mental idea on how the place is laid out. I understand that, but I randomly downloaded like three modules essentially and only one was lacking a map yeah uh i didn't really get a lot of reading to it but i know that i could probably read it and then map it myself yeah but i mean and, and that's kind different. of and that's kind of what it is is that that person who wrote that had their way of doing dungeons and they they made a dungeon yeah. based on how they do it and they put it out there you don't have to do the dungeons, you know, specifically perfect in any way. You yeah. can you can take what they got and go. This is a cool idea. Let me own it. I think. I think Let it, me make it my I own. Think it's like the amount of detail, um, yeah. that different people need. Yeah. Um. There are some people who want to know every detail before they jump into a dungeon. Yeah, to and because they may not want to do that, they may not want to write yeah. it down themselves. I just know for me personally, less is more. Yeah. It's just for me, just. If I just have a basic idea and you don't tell me that I have to have all these other things, I usually can it, – it's better for me. Yeah. Modules, I'm not very good with them. I, yeah. I, I am not – I'm not the best. Uh, the dungeon parts are simple for me. I'm actually really bad with before the crawl starts with modules. Like the people they meet in town and who has what clues and – Yeah. That – I can't do it. I, I, I just I just can't do it well. I can do the dungeon, but I can't do any of that stuff well. I, I don't know why. It's it's weird. And there's Maybe nothing I'm wrong weird. with it. And I think w with with the article, um, it almost seems like he's saying there's a right and wrong way to do a dungeon crawl. Um, is sort of a vibe that I got when I was reading it. Like nobody's learning the proper way anymore. D and D's yeah. not doing this way of it. And it's like, well, they don't want to be specific anymore. Mm -hmm. They want you to be able to grow he, on your own and learn yeah, on like, your own. Cause and based on that, without because there's no right or wrong yeah, way to do a dungeon that, crawl. Based on the comments, I, which I always read through comments, it was like because um, there's a link to another one uh, which is called like game structure, and in that article, uh, he was talking about like the the DM's guide and stuff doesn't help with game structure. It doesn't help with dungeon structure and stuff like that. That that was his opinion. Even and though there's tables other, in the book that allow you to do there's that a lot of people who who you know sentimented some disagreed some agreed uh it's a you know it's only your personal opinion type 100 anyway but uh so i realized uh before we recorded that i never read the fifth edition dungeon stuff i literally just make it off the top of my head every time mm -hmm. i've never actually opened the dm guide to the dungeon section 
I, I read the loot section. I needed the planer section a lot, but I've never actually just read. What do they say about dungeons? So here's what they say. Since yep. I just literally read the pages. On yeah, it. yeah, he did. He was he was right there reading them. <laughs> so uh, it talks about like why is the dungeon there? It talks about the purpose of the dungeon. It is a lair. Is it a hideout? Is it a place to trap people? Uh, it even has charts for you to randomly roll what's in it. And then it then shows a map. It says, hey, get a piece of grid paper. Each spot on the grid represents five feet of square. That would be on your map. You draw it out. Mark your traps. Mark your doors. Mark your walls. And I'm like, that sounds like keying a map. It is. It is. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Granted, there wasn't like a ton of information there. I guess it didn't tell you hand to hand when they first walk in. And I'm like... Uh, it doesn't say that, but it does tell you how to draw out your map, how to build it. And how and, to label it. And how to label it. It even tells you, like, if you do traps, it has a section for trap ideas that you can use. Which I use when I can't think of a trap off the top of my head. I go, yeah, so oh, you know what? They have traps in the back of the book. Oh, hey, look. They have all these things that you need mm-hmm. to help you which, keep. Like, which I, didn't, so which that I was, didn't even know that was in there. Yeah, no, and I... I I knew it was in there, but I don't use it a lot because I like yeah. to do my own thing. Yeah. Like, but even, dang it, if there aren't really good things in there. And, you know, not to completely disagree with the author of the essay on the Alexandrian, but in my opinion, when he says that they don't have those tools anymore, I, he's wrong. They're in there. They may not be step-by-step spoon-fed. Here is an entire example of a key dungeon. Oh, wait, I think they actually do. You know, but it's, it's like a small, it's like it's, a small picture with like notations. Yeah, on. Yeah, and so you don't you don't need to be taught an entire dungeon as practice. They give you everything you need, and then the best part is in the book, several places. It's don't feel like you need to be bound by this. This is just a suggestion to help you get started. Yeah, and I, I almost yeah. wonder. I almost wonder. Do you think that the people of Wizards of the Coast, um. When they made the book, also and also like kind of thought about the other resources you would have access to. I 100% do believe so. You think they like yeah? Because I was wondering like they, when they made the book, they also thought about how you can things you can the videos you can watch, the things you can read. The... Yes, and that's another thing is it's not that there's a, a withering or a decay of it. It's that it's not as necessary as it used to be. Back in the day when you didn't have the internet like that, when you didn't have videos, you didn't have podcasts, you didn't have all this cool stuff. You didn't have you coffee needed, and crits. You didn't have coffee and crits, dadgummit. <laughs> you, needed, you needed a more detailed book. It's like with video games. There is no online guide back in the day. You had oh, to man. beat that whole thing, and then people wrote guides very specifically and detailed because it was a product of Dude. its time. And that's the issue right now. Is Remember game guide books used to be actual books? Yes. Like, like Huge you would open books. up your game case and there was a little thick pamphlet in there. Yeah, and then you could get the guide books and all that. Not, God, and you know, but you needed I it. Strategy and, and now you don't need those anymore. And so, yes, I don't think they're doing it. I don't think it's a decaying. I don't think it's withering. I think it's a modernizing. They know that you gun- you're going to have a lot of resources, including the old resources that are archived on the mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. from 3035, from 2nd Edition, from Chainmail, from all these. Yeah. So you don't need it detailed, super, super done anymore because yeah. we are in an era where information is aplenty and you can pull it from almost any source. 
And, of course, again, these are opinions. Yeah, I mean, these are our opinions just like this is his opinion. Yeah, like, he um, thinks he, there's like, a right way. And yeah, and he, he even says, like, to. you know, if you're feeling emotional or, or angry or confused about what I've written or think I'm hating on 5th edition, I just encourage you, uh, you know, just to read what I wrote. And this is just his ideas. His ideas about what a crawl should be, what, you know, how he thinks it should be written out. And... Like, for those people, I can see their point. If that's what they want, I get it. I support it. It's just not what I need. Yeah. It's, it's just not It's just not my bag, which is perfectly... No. Like, I'm... Like, like, I don't know what my DM style is. It's your DM style. But it's just what I do. And, and, and it's very not classic. And I think that that kind of is the point. Nowadays, because of the information we have... You are going to have your own style. Have you been affected by other styles? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. But like, it's it's your style, and you, and you, there's you no right way to do it or yeah, no wrong way to do it. Because you incorporate different things from from different DMs, right? No, we like we all do that. I, I I want I believe at least people who've been playing a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I first started running, it was only I was the only DM I knew, right? So you understand that like when I started playing, I was the I was the only DM. Uh, so the other people, so the other people who would, uh, play with me were all people that I DM'd for. So yeah. guess what? Their style was like my style. Yep. Right? So, uh, fast forward. So now I'm, I'm living out here. I get my friends out here into D&D and they start DMing their own games. They start developing their own styles. Uh, for instance, uh, Tanner... Started having art for stuff. I never had art for stuff. That is not a thing I've done. Man, let me tell I you. I also didn't do music. Boy. I also, but we do it. It is like Constantly. A, it is like a staple now. Yeah, and let me tell you something. You, you want to talk about art. Mike will go through and spend days looking at pictures online, printing them out cutting them out sometimes he has some labels so he can hold up this card and go this is lord gerard of rivia and this is what he looks like and take a look yeah and then he'll have a certain song playing in the background for certain moments and and we all and and we all do it i I love i love npc cards like i want to start making npc cards now because of that like we incorporate and and that's an idea that you don't find usually in books Mm-hmm. You know, you might have, they might suggest, hey, go to this for inspiration. But you end up figuring out on your own after you've been DMing yeah. for a while, hey, these are cool little things that I can do mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is this character. Oh, look, this is how I do status effects. Yeah. This is how I do all these. And and so, the basically, while it's contradictory to what it says in the article that we, that we read, um, Again, there's no right or wrong way, no, and it's no. going to, and and it's never going to stop evolving. No, it, I mean it'll constantly be uh, different, and that's not a bad thing. It's going to be. A, there's going to come a point, yeah. and I truly believe this, where people are going to fathom how people did this stuff on pen and paper. Yeah, like I. When you've I got am, all these other resources, like yeah, like, I mean, most people, most people at our table use the app. I and I still pen and paper. Yeah, it's just easier and you're going to get to a point where you know what's a map. Oh no, we use digital screens. It's gonna be that, but I give it another decade or so, and it's I gonna, mean, you, it's going to evolve yeah, I want... again. Where I don't have to describe the dungeon, because this this audio visual, you know, experience that I've got on this 
awesome LSD LCD screen. <laughs> LSD helps sometimes. No, don't do drugs. Um, and it lets uh, you see everything so got, vividly. You've got this display that has the sounds. It's animated, and and if you're gonna, and I've already seen these things that are being made right now, and it's going to cause the way we run games to once again change. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a bad thing either. Like I, I, I think about what how I used to run then, and I, I there's a lot of things that I used to do that were just clunky, and over time by just absorbing, like something really small. Like when I started watching Critical Role, a lot of people watch Critical Role. Um, the way he, the way Mercer does initiative, where he does the countdown. Where instead of I would just look around and ask everyone individually and then write them and then reorganize it, just asking from the highest number and working down, that's something really small, but it made initiative much easier for me. And I just kind of, I'm, I'm going to take that little piece right there. That's that's pretty great. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so and, much, Mr. Mercer. And I learned the same thing, but from a completely different source. Yeah. And but like, we got to the same place. Right. Like, uh, you know, certain stuff... Uh, I listened to there's a video uh, Corvell did about politics and nation and national politics, and I really liked the way he explained it, and I incorporated that into my story. Like I, it gave me another feel of definition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was never a person a big fan of running dungeons. More of the fact I avoided them. But after playing with you guys, you and Mike, I incorporate more dungeons now. I've had more dungeons in this game, and you guys have been through a few of them, and not just one rumors. I've had a few rooms, a few traps. I'm actually designing traps. I'm actually catching people off guard now. Like, you know, it's and fun. I didn't do that before. And I didn't, it wasn't an appeal to me, but my game has evolved since I play with other people. And that's what's going to happen with every player. So yeah, you might not be doing the classic style of things. And if you are a person who's reading a module and is not giving enough for you, then maybe I would suggest before you run it out, Take the time, I mean, read it beforehand. Maybe, you know, make some few notes to yourself to help fill in those blanks for you. I mean, that's the best I can give you because I'm not a person who runs a lot of modules. But I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Is use that to help fill gaps. But, eh, like I said before. I mean, the article overall I thought was interesting. I thought he wrote it really well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, there Fantastic links, article. There are links to other ones he's written uh, kind of pertaining to structure. And some of the points he hit, the other ones I did like, but I don't know if I agree with his message as a whole. Yeah. I think we both really don't agree with his message as a whole, but like I said, it's just another opinion. So uh, definitely feel free to check it out and give it a read. I would love uh, to hear what other people think about it. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah, definitely. like I would definitely, you know, it's a good discussion, I think. So you know, we heard it, I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do a thing about it, you know? And uh, I think it's, I think it was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's a little hot in my house, so we did iced coffee, because I couldn't drink a hot cup of coffee in a hot house. Let me tell you something, this was a good cold brew, you did well. This is, yeah, I know, I don't do cold, this is my first time cold. Uh, I'm gonna give this a, I'm, I'm gonna give this a nat 20. Yeah, uh, you know what, yeah man, this was, it might just because it was cool and soothing. But it was smooth, though. It was smooth. Uh, you, 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 the, the flavors were well-balanced. Listen to me trying to act like I'm a connoisseur. It was it was damn good. I would <laughs> I would drink that probably every day um, if I was able to. Okay, uh, so uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, it crit for both of us. Um, 
what I, I guess I'll just say what I did. Uh, essentially, um, I brewed it at, uh, like, about half, so, like, the whole pot wasn't, uh, filled, but it had the full, uh, amount of coffee in it, so it was stronger, so that way, when I put the ice and stuff in it and melted, it then, like, kind of balanced itself yeah. out. Um, I used a little bit of the chocolate cream and a little oh, yeah. bit of the milk uh, from the French vanilla oh, yeah. liquid, and then uh, a little bit of sugar, and put it, mixed it all in the pot. Um, I let the pot cool, then I put it in the fridge for a little bit, put it with ice, happened in the freezer for just a second to get a chill, poured it in the thing. That's and all I did. it was fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, please continue to listen. Uh, please continue to like. Uh, I really enjoyed talking about an article. So if you guys want to send us other articles to read and talk about and get our opinion, I would, do it. I would a hundred percent be down for that. Do it right now. Hurt me? No, I'm joking. Okay. Ah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I actually it was really fun. So uh, like I said, please continue to just look out for us and remember, guys, the quest never ends. Ever. Ever. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like us, please follow us on Facebook at the DM World at 9029. Or you can follow us on Twitter at DM World 9029. Thanks for your support, guys. Keep listening. And remember, once again, the quest never ends.